this is Mark Levine with another edition of On the Mark. Many of us had trains as a child or still have trains as a hobby. One of the most prominent companies that made toy trains and model trains is Lionel. The original Lionel company was founded in 1900 by Joshua Lionel Cohen and Harry C. Grant in New York City. The company initially had produced electric fans and lighting devices. Lionel's first train, the Electric Express, was intended to be a storefront display. It was powered by a battery and a motor that Cohen had intended to be used for an electric fan. The train operated on a brass rail actually a brass track. The hope was that the train would draw people to the store to make purchases. While patrons were so infatuated by the train, they were wanting to buy the display. Well, this prompted Lionel to begin to make toy trains for the general public. He manufactured 12 examples the Electric Express. Lionel's earliest trains were larger than what is available today. He introduced three-rail track, which allowed easier simplified wiring of accessories. Lionel marketed his new track, the standard of the world. As time went on, most Lionel's competitors were using his track. By the end of World War I, Lionel was one of the three major model train manufacturers. The others were American Flyer and Louis Marks and Company. Cohen had displays in numerous department stores linking the trains to the Christmas season in hopes of selling trains as a Christmas gift for children. His trains were brightly colored and the train was a bit larger than the other manufacturers. In 1929, William Walters, a large seller of the trains, asked Cohen why he painted the trains in bright colors. Well, Cohen explained to him he felt that children would be more apt to ask Santa for a colorful train instead of a drab green or gray, as most trains were at the time. So Lionel opened a factory in 1929 in Hillside, New Jersey, where they produced trains until 1974. The Great Depression hurt all manufacturers, including Lionel, in 1930. Lionel's profits dropped to $82,000 in 1927. It was $500,000. It lost $207,000. In an effort to stay competitive, Lionel introduced a line, an expensive line, of electric toy trains under the name The Winter Toys. That's W-I-N-N-E-R. These were sold from 1930 to 1932. The price to the public was $3.25, which included the Transformer. They also made a wind-up Mickey and Minnie Mouse hand car, which could operate on the track, made by Lionel, and it sold for $1. The wholesale price of the hand car was 55 cents. This, in conjunction with the winter toy, 
saved Lionel from receivership and bankruptcy. To gain back their prominence in the train market, Lionel developed a model train, the Union Pacific Streamliner. Now this began the scaled, detailed, die-cast look. Thus, Lionel was now concentrating on the zero and double zero gauge, which it introduced in 1938. Lionel ceased production to assist the U.S. Navy and called on Lionel, which called on Lionel to produce an ad aimed to teenagers to begin to begin planning their post-war layouts. Now Lionel made the Lionel wartime freight train. It was a detailed set of cut and fold models of trains printed on cardstock, and they were notoriously difficult to put together. Lionel resumed making trains in 1945. They concentrated now on the O-gauge trains. The new locomotives now had smoke coming from the stack. The most popular train produced by Lionel was a Santa Fe FEF3 number 2333 produced in my birth year of 1948. In 1953, sales for uh, O-gauge started to fall due to the influence of military and space toys hitting the market. Lionel was forced to make a decision and decided to convert to H-O-gauge in order to stay competitive. In 1959, Cohen and his son sold their interest in the Lionel company and retired. His grandnephew, Roy Cohn, that's C-O-H-N, purchased the company. But unfortunately, Cohn was not able to continue with his redirection of the Lionel Company, and the company was eventually sold to General Mills. General Mills sold the trademarks to Lion Trains, which went on went out of business in 1993. So Lionel had a great start, and unfortunately, through competition and changes in, in uh, technologies, they were unable to continue past 1993. So let's move on to something that I think you might also enjoy. I remember when I was a young child playing with my spinning top. It was made of metal and had colorful pictures on the body of the top. There was a swirled plunger with which you could push and the top would start to spin. The more you pushed the plunger, the faster the top would spin. And this was over 70 years ago. The origin of tops goes as far back as the Roman Empire and independently among many cultures around the world. Tops were used as toys and a way to gamble. The tops were made of wood. There were four sides and a pointed bottom. There was a stem on top, a wooden stem. The player would spin the top and bet how long the top would spin. The dreidel, formerly known as a trendel, was a developed top, either English or Irish origin, which was introduced in Germany. 
The Irish version had letters inscribed on each side. The letters were in Latin and meant nothing, everything, half, and put in. There was a large Jewish population in Germany, now called the dreidel, which means to turn. The Jews adopted the dreidel and inscribed Hebrew letters on the dreidel to mean a great miracle happened there. This is referring to the exodus out of Egypt, where the Jews, the Jews rather, were in a cave and only had one night of oil left to keep the lamps lit. But the oil lasted eight days and eight nights, giving the Jews the opportunity to escape. During the eight days of Hanukkah, Jewish families celebrate with a dreidel, and they bet on each letter, which will show up after the dreidel has stopped. Each letter in Hebrew represented in abbreviation the miracle which happened there. I played with the dreidel, and it's kind of interesting. Of course, we played we played for chocolate coins, not real coins, and I gained a few pounds. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Our next story takes us to the Madame Alexander dolls, one of the most iconic fashion dolls which still holds a place of distinction after over a hundred years, is the Madame Alexander doll. Created in 1923 by Bertha Beatrice Alexander, better known as Madame Alexander, had, was inspired while visiting her stepfather's doll hospital, where she saw many beautiful porcelain dolls being repaired. As a doll designer, Alexander made exquisite fashion dolls using innovative techniques. Her embodied, well, excuse me, she embodied a bright spirit wanting to establish the Madame Alexander Doll Company, whose mission is to offer those dolls at fair prices to children, which would teach them empathy, compassion, and responsibility. At the time, most fashion dolls were made of porcelain and easily breakable. Madame Alexander made her dolls of soft cloth and was meant to be played with. Well, during the 1930s, Alexander made the first licensed tie-ins with the entertainment industry, making movie characters such as Alice in Wonderland, Gone with the Wind, and Little Women, and many others. She was also responsible for the first dolls to close their eyes. In 1937, Alexander was the first to make a Queen Elizabeth doll in line with the coronation of the King of England. Finally, in 1955, Alexander introduced Sissy, the first fashion doll in America. Today, Madame Alexander dolls are still available. They have become a very valuable collector's item, and early Madame Alexander dolls can be found online at prices starting at $100 up to and including $500. The Madame Doll Company was sold to Con Lucas, owner of Dolly and Me. You can find Madame Alexander dolls on several on sites, online sites, including Amazon. Well, this concludes another episode of On the Mark. Thank you for listening to this episode. 
And if you have any suggestions, comments, or topics you would like me to research, please let me know. Contact me at marklevine51 at gmail.com. That's marklevine51 at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-K-L-A-V-I-N-E 51 at gmail.com. This is your host, Mark Levine, saying thank you for listening to On The Mark. Take care of yourself and others.